0: I don't know i think i think people should be happy about birthdays no matter what age they are but um jesus i don't have to uh complain about anything at this point
1: i don't know if you heard so i new new people moved in uh the other day and there was just like the the biggest bump <laughs> that just happened above me oh jesus so I hope no one died
0: <laughs> man when <laughs> well hopefully hopefully it's a happy bump i don't know yeah. um when I when I first moved into my apartment, um, I had the best. Like, it was amazing. Like, I, I'm the one that felt bad. Like, whoever this guy was, he seemed to leave, live alone. He woke up kind of early, but he was not loud. And this dude was in bed by 10 o'clock every night. I mean, oh man, just no, and he snored loudly, like, really loudly to the point where, like, I could hear it slightly. But it was, like, no big deal, right? Like, the guy was in bed 10 p.m. every night, no noise, perfect. And then he moved out. After like a couple months mm-hmm. of, of me having moved in. And then the people that moved in, like. <laughs> Were they just the worst? <laughs> they just fuck all the time, man. Like, they just. <laughs> like, and, they're, and she's loud. Like, and if you ask me, she's faking, right? Like, because I, I can hear this clearly, right? Like, this is like, they are audible. And In my opinion, she is putting on a show, okay? Like, this is just, like, fake porn sound 101, but she's really, she's A for effort, you know what I mean? Like, they are loud.
1: Oh, boy. Well, I think, uh, I, hopefully you moved, or they moved, or...
0: No, they're still there. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know, at this point, it's just, you know, I have earplugs, I don't know what I do, I just like... Or you just kind of drown it out, right? Like, I'm not prudish about it, it's just kind of annoying, like, ugh, I have to listen to this, I'm trying to sleep. Anyway, we should probably get on the topic. So on that note, we're going to be talking about religion today. (laughs) (laughs) About being good chantry boys and chantry girls. Um,
1: No big deal. Um, So this is kind of based off of I get so many requests to do videos on specifically the maker. Not so much explaining the lore behind it, but asking about the theory of who is the maker and what could he be. And I, I, I kind of feel like asking who is the maker is kind of missing the point of the maker. So I just want to kind of discuss this on a podcast setting.
0: Yeah, I think it makes sense. I think it's a good topic for a podcast. Um, I think it's one of those ideas like where when I try to think about it, because I have you know, I, mm-hmm. I think about religion in the context of games and, like, at times I've toyed around with making a video on it, but it's one of those tricky topics where if you're just talking to yourself... Oh, I'm sorry. I should say, if I'm talking to myself about it, <laughs> I have the... Uh, I run the risk of running off on some weird esoteric tangent about the nature of deity and all these other things. Um, and so, yeah, conversation setting is probably better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So I I guess... Um... Well, it, how do we want to structure this? Do we want to talk about a little bit of like what the maker is for people that might not know or, or should we just like jump right into it?
0: Well, I think one thing that's kind of interesting, right? Because I've, I found that this is fictionally where any discussion of the maker gets more interesting because at first glance, it's just like, oh, there's a maker and you, whatever. The first time I'm playing Dragon Age Origins, I'm kind of wrapping my head around it and I'm going, okay, that's the maker. This is Andraste. So she's kind of like a deity, but she got oh, – so she's kind of like Mary and Jesus rolled into one. And mm-hmm. then like, okay, the chancery is like the Catholic church specifically, but also more broadly Judeo-Christian culture. Mm-hmm. So the maker is like the Western god. So, okay, so I'm doing all of that. But I'm like, it all just felt like a placeholder to me. And then when it really got interesting, you know, were, were certain aspects that – um Certain aspects that really started to challenge what the Chantry's um, version of things was. I mean, I guess it doesn't really get super interesting until you get to Inquisition. And then, you know, Corypheus and all this other stuff, it really calls into question the official version of the Chantry. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess maybe that's where we start, right? Like, who is the maker according to what the Chantry says? And then what lore stuff do we know for a fact kind of damages their narrative?
1: Well, so, to begin with, the maker, is what, what the Chantry says is that he is the deity, the god that created everything. He created the spirits first. The spirits were extremely boring, and it, it like, didn't really do anything exciting. <laughs> That's the of the story. So he said, well, you guys are, I, I gave you all these gifts, and you're not doing anything with it. So then he made the humans, and then the humans started worship. That was, uh, well... So the humans started worshiping, worshiping the old gods, and it, the Maker was like, "All right, I this isn't working." Enough of this silly he, shenanigans. Turns his back on everybody, and uh, is no longer watching over his children. And as the story goes, um, he one day heard the singing of a beautiful maiden, which was Andraste, and he—that was the first person he actually turned his gaze onto. And he said, like, I'll do whatever you want. Just become my bride. And she essentially said, free my people. So she goes off on this Joan of Arc-esque quest to free all of the people from Tevinter. And then um, she gets burned at the stake and he takes her up. And now, as the chantry says, if they everyone in all corners of the land sing the chant of light, then the maker will come back and everyone loves him. So that's why everyone sings and there's the chant and... That's what you got to do, whatever. But that—that's kind of the TLDR in the maker and Andraste.
0: Yeah, and all of that. I mean, none of that is disprovable exactly. At least not in the broad sense.
1: Not, not really. Um, there's there's been a lot of speculation of kind of, and it's not so much the maker, but more Andraste. Um, there is a story, or well, it, it is accepted in the Chant of Light that along with, I think it was around the same time she was hearing the voice of the Maker, Um, she had a sister go in with her, and the sister actually got really hurt. I forget how exactly, to be honest, but um, there's some speculation that Andraste was a mage. Uh, So a a lot of the... um, disprovable things is was Andraste a mage actually just hearing a spirit, which would be the maker, or posing as the maker, or um, there's also, so the, the maker is supposed to have created the Fade and spirits, and because once upon a time, Thetis and the Fade were one and the same, there is some fan speculation that because Solas drove the two apart and created the, the Fade as we know it, and the the material veil. world as we know it, that Solus is the maker and that he was calling to Andraste from Uthenera to free the elven slaves and blah, blah, blah. So that's, that's kind of another fan speculation of who the maker is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's the overlap, right? I mean, so we know then that Solus, Solus created the veil, right? Or- mm-hmm. So if we take that, if we take that as fact, and then we take the chantry's account of it, either the the chantry has to sort of like back down on that point and be like, all right, well then the maker didn't make the <laughs> didn't make the fade, or that overlap kind of suggests that that solus, at least as far as that function of the maker, right that that aspect of it, um, you know, that matches up with the chantry story unless they change it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, one thing though is that the fade still. Exists existed in solace's time it just wasn't different from the material world so i feel like there is an element of if i i feel like you could have some mental gymnastics for the people who are really uh, into the maker to say like well that just means that he created the fade in the one and the same, or perhaps it used to be separate and then it came back into one because of the elves and then it got separate again. Like, they, I, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of mental gymnastic that the, the believers that the maker can come up with the, to make the maker still relevant.
0: Okay, so I, I see what you're saying. You're saying that they would theorize that the fade is not simply a plane separate from Thetis. Uh, and that the creation of the veil is the creation of the fade, but that the fade could be considered um, whatever some other type of state or aura or energy that intermingled with Thetis until the fade was cre- until rather the veil was created, and then all of that was relegated into a separate plane. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, and I'm sure they could say something like, "Well, solus was uh, inspired by the Maker to do." what he did and blah 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 he kind of like how the herald of andraste like you you as a player know that your actions are not defined by the maker but people say you're they are anyway
0: um what are the ashes of andraste really I mean, are they literally her ashes? Uh. And after you find them in Origins, I know it mentions, like, people start making pilgrimages and all that other stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. is it just me wanting everything to be neat to go, like, how come they can't just, like, science the shit out of it and, like, take a couple pinches and (laughs) do some experiments? Like, if if you could prove miracles happened with the ashes, doesn't that, isn't that kind of game-changing? Well,
1: I'll tell you what happened. It disappeared. Oh, that's
0: right. right? Didn't yeah. they say that in, this, in the ending slide? Like, people started to go, but then they disappeared? Or is that...
1: Yeah, when the... I think it was... Um, I, I forget the exacts, but it's it's around when people started showing up for pilgrimages, it was just gone. Like, any traces of the dragon cult, um, the guardian, everything, the ashes just disappeared. They... It was just... No more. So people were wondering what happened to it. Some believe that the... Uh, Arl Eamon wasn't actually healed by the ashes, that, um, oh, what's his face? Brother Genitivi was lying, like, all sorts of stuff. Depending on how you handle that, like, Brother Genitivi can get, like, really traumatized by, like, oh, no, it it did exist, I promise. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, what are they? I I don't know. Like, it, well, I remember when I played it the first time, because uh, I was hearing, you know, about the elven gods and then Andraste. And then you see Andraste's ashes, you're like, oh, well, I guess the elven gods just aren't real, because here's the goddamn ashes in front of my face, and they're doing, like, magical shit, so it just must be real. And then you get to Inquisition, and you're like, oh, no, the elven gods are also real, they're just not gods. So... What are the ashes? Are they actually ashes? Are they actually Andraste? I, we don't really know. Now, in real world historical sense, like there are accounts of like Roman whatever of like a Jesus existing. But do you believe is he the sign of God? Who Like that's your choice. So yeah. I think it'd be something similar in Thetis, where Andraste was a real person. <laughs> And maybe she was possessed by something, and so like her ashes are somehow magical. There might be something like that. We don't we don't really know if the maker is real. I don't know, but I have a feeling Andraste actually was.
0: So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess I was I was um, uh, connecting it more to because the first time I played it, I don't know why I, I saw it as being almost like an Ark of the Covenant um mm-hmm. equivalent like that one religious artifact that if you find it kind of uh you know kind of becomes like uh like like a game changer as far as proof of something not sure why exactly if that, that doesn't necessarily <laughs> fit in this instance um but yeah i guess so so when i uh wikied it because i couldn't remember exactly I, re- I remembered both right like it disappears and the pilgrimage it says that if you slay the dragon, it becomes a site for pilgrimage. But if you don't, or if Genetivi doesn't come with you, it disappears. I don't know if it becomes a pilgrimage and it disappears.
1: I thought it was both, but let's let's look this up because I don't want to sit here and spout lies. Let's see. Okay, earn a sacred ashes. Let's see. Let me read this real quick. Resting okay. Some years later the chantry announced that the resting place of Andrasi's ashes had indeed been found. A ripple of excitement spread among the pious people of Thetis, with many undertaking pilgrimages to see the ashes are partake of their healing powers. Um,
0: also, it, that goddamn dragon fight what? was ridiculous. <laughs> Just thinking What'd you about say? It. I said that goddamn dragon fight was ridiculous, thinking back to it.
1: Oh yeah. So okay, if the dragon is there Okay, So what the slides are telling me, if you make a deal with Colgrim, or, well, I guess the dragon is alive if you make a deal with Colgrim, um, the ashes cannot be found. And people doubt it. But if the dragon is dead, people do apparently partake in it. So then I don't know what happens if, uh... If you don't kill the dragon... I guess people just use it up. I don't know. I don't know if they ever they ever tell you what happened with that. It, here's the thing. It might also be a thing where um, a lot of parts of this uh, slideshow have been rewritten and forgotten about. For example, True. the stuff with Cullen is just completely erased. They don't remember it anymore. So I don't know if I'm just remembering like only the other sides or I, I don't know what to say on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, I mean, it could also just be one of those things, right, where the writers just didn't, you know, kind of in that same vein, they didn't either know what they wanted to do with it, or they just, it's too, maybe it's one of those things where like, it does cause a lot of unanswered questions, so they're just like, yeah, we're just not going to pay attention to that.
1: <laughs> well, it's exploded now, so either way, it's gone.
0: <laughs> um, okay, oh, so that so that's, you know, one of those things that they may or may not choose to to close the loop on, but... um.
1: I, I kind of feel like it's forgotten about. Like I don't I don't think it's ever gonna come back. That that's my my best guess.
0: Yeah, and I think I'm I think I'm with you on that. I think that's also sort of why I asked the question. It was sort of like a what happened to those ashes anyway? <laughs>
1: uh, oh, here is a codex entry from Inquisition. Uh, what does it say? Okay, so In As of Inquisition, it says, agents of the Chantry investigate claims about the urn of sacred ashes and were eventually led as the hero had been led to the temple. By the time our soldiers reached it, however, the urn was nowhere to be found. So it sounds like uh, despite the ending slides saying that uh, people make pilgrimages up there to take part in the ashes... As of Inquisition, they decided that they didn't want that to be a reality. So, it, in in the canon of the game so far, it just disappeared.
0: That makes sense because otherwise, yeah, otherwise it creates way too. It, it actually probably answers too many questions. So it makes mm-hmm. more sense to have it um, kind of disappear again. Okay,
1: that makes sense. All right, so I I feel vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> here, here's a here, here's a side note. Here's the problem with like dragon age lore is that a lot of stuff was set up in origins that was then rewritten that in for the most part it's kind of congruent with two and inquisition but you got two types of people who are dragon age fans those that really only like origins and then the people who like the whole series so the Mm -hmm. people that only like origins yell at me because i'm using these the lore from the other two games
0: (laughs) drives Uh... me nuts
1: all right. Anyway, uh, back to the actual topic. So yeah, the the urn of ashes existed. Now it's gone. Uh, we don't know who took it or why. Um, if, as if we're going to go by origin rules, it sounds like uh, the, um, the the cult that was there, which uh, we one of the multiplayer characters was a part of that cult. Fun facts. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I think it's actually the one named Tamar. Yeah. Anyway,
0: coincidences.
1: Uh, so. I uh, the main so now that we've talked about what the maker is, who it is, what existed. I I don't think they should ever answer who the maker is or was or could be. I think it should just be one of those things that's always left ambiguous cuz I think no matter what they come up with, it's always going to be a shitty answer.
0: It's going to be disappointing for certain people. That's definitely true. There's going to be certain people that wanted it to be something else. I guess, well, I mean, let's talk about that then, right? Like, what do people want it to be other than the Solus thing? I guess that's probably the main one. Solus fans want it to be Solus.
1: <laughs> right, and then literally everyone else who is tired of the elves is no, we don't want everything to be about the elves. And I, I think there's about a 50-50% of, like, who wants it to be Solus and who doesn't. Like, I kind of don't want it to be Solus just because I... I don't think it should be. I don't think Solace would do things that the maker is said to do in the chant, which you could say the chant's wrong, blah, blah, blah. But how much history do we have to just rewrite? You know, like I like the, the, the trope of history is wrong, but to make it all completely wrong, is just like, all right, now you're just rewriting it. Like, <laughs> I think it's better to have some elements of truth. So I, 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 another option is that the maker is just a spirit well then because the avar worship spirit so then mm-hmm. was andraste just crazy was she a mage like why would she follow this giant spirit did a spirit make the entire world like it what i don't know spirits? like i don't think that's a really good answer either i think the concept of the maker is really about having faith in the unseen in a world where just the impossible is is probable so I think that's a much more interesting idea than actually having a concrete answer because a lot of things in this world already have concrete answers. It's, it's a lot more entertaining to just have something unseen that will never be seen, yet people really, really believe in, and it dictates a large portion of this world.
0: Yeah, I'm... Um... So, I guess a couple of things, right? Like, I'm undecided on whether or not I think they should, like, divulge or try and answer the question in-game. I don't think I have too strong of an opinion on it. Like, I can't say that I disagree with you as far as what you're saying. Um, Mm -hmm. But I will take a slightly different angle on on the as far as, like what do they do with with the question of the maker? Because in my mind, they do actually have to, well, they don't have to, but it would be better if they did something with the question. I like when they poke at it. I like when they mm-hmm. give a little bit of evidence that maybe the Chantry's wrong, and then maybe something turns out that that says that the Chantry is right a little bit. Um, what I think is a lot less interesting from a fictional standpoint is if it really is just that placeholder. Like I talked about the first time I was going through Origins, it just kind of seemed like they wanted a they just thought they needed a fictional religion and so here's a fictional god and that's it it's just it's just there it's just a placeholder it's just meant to have some analog to the real world and that's it mm-hmm. that's a, that's fine i mean that gets the job done i guess if you want to have those tropes of religion and all that stuff in your in your fiction but when it started to sort of play with the you know with the notion of whether or not this is all made up is it actually related to some sort of elven lore to me from a story standpoint that's when i sort of perked up and was like oh okay well this might be interesting this is fun like what what do we do with this mystery um if they don't do anything with it like i don't i don't think they should necessarily i think i'm leaning more towards saying that they shouldn't explain everything but if they just leave it in the background mm-hmm. that to me is also disappointing because the, to me that then it just it was just a placeholder that's just infinitely more boring to me than if they kind of layered in some doubt and then layered in something to sort of reassert um that it might that the maker as the chantry describes him might be real
1: Mm -hmm. which i think the best time to do that would have been inquisition but they kind of kept the chantry stuff on the dl other than you know talking about how you're the herald of andraste and you can agree or disagree like i kind of wish there was like we had so much of elven magic going on. If there was just, like, that one... Maybe maybe something weird happened. At the very end of the story, you're like, but what happened to that one thing? Like, that one thing is still not explained by elven magic. So what was that? Maybe right. that's Justinia's ghost, but even that, I, that could be explained more in spirits. But I wish there was just one thing that you would go, I wonder what that was.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I mean, And I mean, like, as far as explaining stuff, right? It's like... How how deep down do the explanations in Dragon Age fiction and lore go? Is it just the elves created everything? The spirits created everything? Who created spirits? What's a spirit? Like you know, within the, within the context of Dragon Age, what is a spirit? Um, and then do you want do you want that that sort of like infinite being above everything to say that it all came from the Maker? I don't know. I think it, it totally it's it's completely execution based as far as what makes for the most interesting story i just know that the maker is such an interesting mystery and in question i want that to be um at least alluded to and referenced as they go forward
1: mm-hmm. how how would you do that going forward
0: that's such a good question i and like i i'm, I'm <laughs> and like i said i am legitimately undecided i i don't know if i can take a side on this as far as like they should explain the maker or they shouldn't um i don't think it should be soulless to, to yeah. me to me that would be unsatisfying in a lot of ways. I like the idea of um, of Solus more being just sort of like this ambitious entity who is sort of who is really sort of, sort of um, usurping godhood. Mm-hmm. It is sort of the way that I like to think of Solus, right? Like he's actually trying to spite the gods, and he's sort of like um, trespassing in the territory of deities, so to speak. Um, I don't know if that's clear in the in the lore, right? Like, Fe, um, Solus either is Fenharal and always has been, or at one point he was a mortal elf who has sort of mantled Fenharal. Am I explaining that correctly?
1: Um. Well, how he says it. Is that he? All elves were immortal once upon a time. Yeah, and godhood was just kind of a title put upon those who were powerful and that were in power long enough and became even more powerful for whatever reason. Kind of like Obelisk's quote of, uh, I think Morgan asks like, "Oh, was Mithal a real god or whatever?" And he says, "Well, to you, it really makes no difference if she was or not. <laughs> like she's more powerful than you, so who gives a shit?" And uh, he kind of says that. Alludes to, I guess, he was Sola's first and just through him being, I don't know, maybe a general or some powerful whatever, he became in the same line of those who would become gods. But as we see in Trespasser, he didn't want that godhood set upon, that, that the title of godhood set upon him. So it's, I, I, I feel like the elven word for god is almost like more of a title than an actual godhood, if that makes sense.
0: Hmm. Okay, yeah, so then it's actually almost the opposite then, right? He's not usurping it. He's almost sort of, like, rejecting it.
1: Mm-hmm. Because C- uh, what what does Varric say? Like, isn't it weird that he has to try to convince people that he's not a god? <laughs> right, isn't and Corinthians is doing the opposite. Mm-hmm. So that, that's at least how I see it. I think there are room for other interpretations, but that, that's kind of how I viewed Trespasser as a whole.
0: Yeah, I kind of think... The the issue of how you handle the maker is sort of tied up in how you handle the, it's. It's exactly why I'm glad we, we just you did that summary on like what is elven godhood and, and what does it mean because I feel like if you're trying to take apart and analyze like fictionally what would make the most interesting thing then explaining the maker is sort of hand in hand with explaining what elven godhood is and and how it relates to how are things explained and why are they explained and to what degree they're explained. I think if you can explain every every little detail that would get boring. but if you can't drill down far enough on the why questions, things feel a little too shaky, right? Even just for, even just from the fictional standpoint, it just it feels a little bit too much like hand waving and and uh, you know, it's, it's all made up anyway, but you just want to know that there's some set of rules behind things in, in a power structure and a hierarchy to who caused what because I don't know, for some reason that just makes things, particularly in fantasy it just makes things feel more grounded in some way Mm -hmm. um so i guess the question is you know at the the end of the chain what is it is it really powerful elves or is it something bigger than that and if it's something bigger than that i don't know like does that does that does that make the fiction more or less fun and i don't know how to answer that question Mm hmm
1: I mean, I don't either. <laughs> I, I don't think the devs do as well. So it's it's kind of a hard question because I, I feel like it, it would be so hard to make a satisfying end to that. And I, I really don't know how they would do it because someone's always going to be upset. Like, I, sometimes I feel like it's one of those questions where it's better left unsaid because the player's fantasy is going to be so much more interesting and better than whatever the writers come up with. And then everyone's going to be happy. Maybe frustrated that the answer's never solved, but they're mm. at least they have that thing in their mind and they're convinced about it. And they know that's what really happened, even though, like, everyone, literally everyone has those thoughts. Um, I, Which I'm sure there has been something like that in the Dragon Age lore. I just can't think of an example at the moment and which i which like that also it's also hard to do that for me because i feel like i i haven't been in the fandom long enough to like really remember or understand old fan theories that were later proven wrong and people getting upset about it <laughs> so i don't know
0: yeah um here's an interesting uh, hypothetical though if if the maker's not real in the sense that the chantry says he is Um, if we if we for some reason find that out in the game for a fact for whatever reason maybe maybe the things that are attributed to the maker are actually done by Solus or a a combination of people Mm -hmm. uh powerful elven gods mages what have you um and the player finds that out um if you were given a choice to to tell fetus essentially to expose that or not what is the right decision there in other words does status need the idea of the maker even if he's not real
1: I am reminded of a quote by Josephine where she talks about the importance of diplomacy and religion in diplomacy. Where like all the nations of Thetis have so many differences, but the one thing they have in common is the Chantry. And that's one of the things is keeping the peace. So I would argue it is important for that that reason. Um, At the same time, don't you want people to like, you know, like there's a lot of terrible shit that the Chantry does in the name of the maker. So wouldn't you want to say... Chantry, stop doing all these terrible things because your god isn't real. You know, like it. it it's, and then here's here's to say, who would believe them? Like, uh, you you still got um, uh, what's the okay? It's been a like a long ass time since I played these games, but that's sort of the plot of Final Fantasy X two. X2, where like in the first game, you kind of prove that, you know, God isn't real or whatever, and in the next game there's like these two warring factions of the people who are like, well, God isn't real, I guess we got over it, and the other people are like, no, he is real, he's just different than we thought. So I feel like that would be kind of what would happen in Thetis. We're like, oh, well if this guy uh that we did worship was the maker or whatever who made that guy there must be another maker maker point two you know (laughs) (laughs) turtles all the way down like i i I feel like there would all no matter if you said the maker isn't real there's always going to be people who are going to make another religion something's just going to replace it
0: yeah it's kind of inevitable And, and that and you're right i mean that's the first question right is who would believe you even if you said that that were the case Mm -hmm. um there really wouldn't be a proof large enough to to make people i mean to believe that i think as an example um i know you you said you haven't played pillars of eternity right i have not no so i mean this is this is not really a spoiler because it's it's a concession made early on in the game as a mystery but the the backstory to the beginning of the plot is that there was a um uh there was a war uh sort of in the in the years, several years before the start of where you're at on the timeline, there was this guy named Widewen who yeah. uh, claimed that he was the god of light, Aethus. Like, he claimed that he was god. And, you know, presumably, like, he apparently his face started shining so bright. It was blinding and all this other stuff. So, apparently, he has some kind of power. But people were like, okay, but this guy says he's the physical embodiment of the god. Of the god. That's ridiculous. So, a big war starts over it. And there's some people who are followers of Aethys. There's, like, multiple gods in the Pillars of Eternity universe. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some followers of Aethys who are, like, really happy about this. And then there's some who think it's blasphemy. Um, long story short, they blow up Widewin <laughs> with a giant <laughs> magical bomb. Okay. Uh, so they just, they blow the guy to smithereens. And so there's a bunch of people who thought that he was a god. And so now they're like, well, <laughs> is there one less god now? And so, but th- it doesn't really change anything, right? Like. People continue worshipping Aethys and just go, oh, that guy was, you know, even people who said that that guy was Aethys, they just changed their mind. They go, oh, I guess he was an Aethys because they blew him up. <laughs> I mean, they literally blew the guy to smithereens and people were still like, nah, that wasn't Aethys. <laughs> um,
1: or Aethys meant to die to test your faith.
0: Yeah, or just yeah. It, I mean, literally, th- that's what. That's why that question is sort of so interesting. Um, now, this is sort of a slight spoiler. I won't give the answer, but by the time you get to Pillars of Eternity Two, they straight up answer that question. Oh. Um. So you know, it is. It is. And by the way, I think that it's brilliant. Um. I actually haven't beaten Pillars Two, but so I don't know how how ultimately satisfying the, that question is um that's sort of more in the background though of pillars one it's you know it's kind of an interesting you know lore level people debate about it and some people are still pretty testy about it but um Hmm. yeah they answered it which i and they answered it in a big bad way i totally didn't expect them to answer it that clearly in pillars 2 and i was like oh that's really cool i actually liked the way if, if if the answer were as satisfying in dragon age as it was in pillars i would be like that's fucking cool Mm -hmm. so it is possible um but yeah to your point um it's also possible that for a unless something really dramatic happens that's undeniable that everybody has to accept um yeah people would just debate about it anyway (laughs) um oh i did want to say so devil's advocate real quickly because i think i kind of believe i i i'm more into thinking that josephine kind of expresses as far as you know, the belief structure is kind of important um, to the overall stability and, and the way that, you know, diplomatic relations go, etc. But just playing devil's advocate to that a little bit, is—is is, does that mean it's not possible to, to broker some sort of peace with the Qunari? Because they don't accept the Chantry.
1: Well, I don't think, well, I don't think it's possible to broker some peace with the uh, the Qunari because they're belief system outright says that everyone needs to follow the Kuhn, and everyone following the Kuhn is the only way to, for peace so yeah they're going to be pushing that uh that narrative for all of eternity until it's destroyed unless something changes which i i kind of doubt it does but that's more in the leadership so i uh, that's my reasoning for it there's not going to ever be peace um but if they didn't have that then like I mean, yeah, and like our our world like a bunch of different religions get along for the most part. Like yeah, there's there's definitely been wars over religion, but like yeah. I, like there's people, you know, like, there it is possible to get along.
0: Well, also, and I mean, <laughs> look, I, I at some point I almost feel like we have to stop apologizing for touching on somewhat touchy issues that relate to the real world cuz I think maybe that's why people actually tune in. So <laughs> so honestly, I'm not even going to apologize for it, but I mean, you make that point about how like there is there is at least a tenuous piece in the real world despite varying religions, and when we talk about the cunari and the fact that it states pretty explicitly that everyone needs to follow the cune, I mean, there's a couple of religions like that in the real world <laughs> that are not, that are not ambiguous about the fact that the, the goal is everyone has to believe this.
1: Well, yeah, but the the Canary also believe that it needs to be done by force, which so that would be more along the lines of like extremism in like of uh, various religions and in, in the world here. So I, uh, yeah, I, I guess like if they believe, like, I mean, the chant believes the same thing for the most part, but. While there has been wars over it, they do also attempt a peaceful way. And while the Canari also do attempt a peaceful way, their peaceful way is a lot more manipulative. And <clears throat> I don't know how a good way to say torture. Uh,
0: <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, re-education and, and all that, too. yeah.
1: So, like, um, in the comics, uh, it's the, like the, those who speak. The Silent Grove and Until We Sleep. I always get, I have one big book of it, so I always confuse the two. But you have the story of Isabella and, like, how, how her mother uh, was kind of uh, into the whole Kuhn thing. And then, like, how it affected her and her family. And, like, how bad it was for uh, R- 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 Ravane. Uh, so it's... I I... I really don't think the Canari are going to go down in a peaceful situation until everyone is with the Cune. because <laughs> there is yeah. only peace within the Kyune. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: very good. Um, okay, so let me let me see if I can. I'm going to play more devil's advocate here, right? I don't I don't even know if this is my opinion, but I'm trying to cause trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um we could we could go the complete opposite direction of what Josephine is saying, I think. I think mm-hmm. there's a case to be made. That peace is actually happening in spite of the different religions and not because of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm I'm not even going to use the real world religions as an analog because I don't think I have to. I think there's enough ev- there's enough stuff within within Dragon Age to alone to make the example of like you could say the Cune specifically says it has to be done by force, etc., and and that they're sort of aggressors in that stance. Like, okay, sure, but the Chantry has also you know done inquisitions and and exalted marches and you know they they are a militant force at times um, crushing you know the elves or other sort of competing religions and it could be said that the chantry at their best is just sort of the chantry being a little more freaking restrained than that so the mm-hmm. peace is really the peace is really when the religions don't act as violently as they seem to want to act anyway Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like it's actually in spite of the religions, not because of them.
1: Yeah, I guess even more so because the uh, the origins of Androstianism is her going to war and spreading, you know, the, the the way of the Maker or die. Like it was, it Androste's movement was not peaceful.
0: <laughs> yeah, what's that? Yeah, I I, I wonder if then. If the goal is for there to be peace in Theodist, you know, and there was some way... If there was one unifying theory, so to speak, of how to explain everything, does that really create peace? Or would more, or would we, going back to that um, that Pillars of Eternity uh, example about Aethys, would people just go to war over it even more?
1: <laughs> I think people will. I, I don't know. I think... <clears throat> people would go to war no matter what. Like, e- even in Thedas, like, even though Orle and Ferelden have the same basic religion, they still go to war with each other, and same thing with... It's true. Um, well, well, I mean, look at uh, the Tevinter versus the Chantry. It's technically the same basic religion, but they just broke apart and now they war over who has the correct version of that same religion. And it's really only tweaked very minorly. It's really just that one line of magic. If one line about... Oh, and men. So if if one was, if they just decided that, which if you have Liliana as divine, she does say both genders can do priesthood. So if you have Liliana as divine and you just change that one line about magic, you essentially have the same chantries on both sides. So, I don't know.
0: So what you're saying is magic and penises change everything.
1: <laughs> or vaginas, yeah. <laughs> it's depending if you would think uh, the Tavinter is the correct one or not. <laughs> um, the Chantry's is really focused on magic and genitalia. It's
0: one of the bedrocks. rocks.
1: <laughs> Did you know there's a codex entry? Uh, this is random fact. There's a codex entry uh, describing that one of the divines was uh, most likely... Um, uh, uh, well, they say a man, um, it, Maybe it maybe was a transgendered woman or whatever. But the whole the whole codex entry is about how the divine died, and someone helping with the funeral rites uh, saw uh, a penis. And there's this whole debate like it wasn't a penis; there was just a squirrel on her crotch or something like that. <laughs> it was really weird. Anyway, so that's a codex entry that exists.
0: <laughs> God, this yeah, this one of those this one of those deep codex entries that. <laughs> Oh, only I have read it, yeah. now 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 we know <laughs> it exists um, the question of whether or not they are going to answer you know who the maker is I'm, i i'm i'm disappointed in the fact that i think i'm i'm leaning heavily towards the fact that they're just not going to try it because it's going to be too difficult
1: i i feel like given enough time They could answer it. I just feel like there's a lot better questions to answer. Like, I I feel like if they start answering the question of who is the maker, I feel like that's when they run out of ideas. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a good point. Does, like, do- I, I would much rather know what's the deal with the doors, who are the people across the sea, how about those elves, like, what's going on with Flemeth? Like, there's a whole bunch of more pressing issues. Right. So if given enough time, they could ask, like, ask and answer the question of who is the maker. I just feel like it's just so down the list of interesting questions in Thetis that I, I, honestly, don't don't give a shit about it. I really don't. i think it's fine as it is
0: uh yeah I, i guess i guess that's the only i guess that's the only divergence we have between the two of us like it's definitely like i said i don't feel strongly about it like they have to answer the question if they really don't i'll just be like okay that's totally fine it's just i i do think that when you set up something that big you've got to pay it off even with more mystery right like i don't need it to be answered or resolved I'm like you've just got to keep you got to pay attention to something that's that big, otherwise you just set it up to to be a placeholder. Which, technically speaking, that's fine if it's just a placeholder because, like you said, there's all these other interesting lore questions that we can that we can chew on. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I just lean more towards I would rather have them do something with it rather than nothing. Mm-hmm. And just please don't be soulless because I just think that that would be that <laughs> that is such a fandom answer, and I just don't. I really hope fandom doesn't you know override what would be something that what would could be very interesting from a fictional standpoint
1: here's something that i've always wondered like writers i think they actually have contracts or so they're not actually supposed to read a lot about fan fiction and um fan theories because there's this like legal ambiguity of like what happens when a writer steals from a fan but the fan can't really prove it but everyone knows like this kind of weird weird space but i'm sure they hear something i'm sure they they have rumors or whatever and like it would really be easy just to go home on your own time and start reading it up you know like it, it how much of fan ideas have actually changed the medium in some way and that's that's what i would want to know like, if enough people sit here and bang their fists on the table and demand, we want to know who the maker, would they sat there and be like, yeah, right, they want it, so we'll give it to them?
0: Um, maybe, but I think that's where I go back to your answer of that's going to be like the last thing they do, actually.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I think as long as long as long as they're compelled to tell an interesting, impactful story based on, you know, whatever motivates them as creative people, they're going to do that. And then maybe once they feel like they've done that, then maybe that's the time to go like, man, the fans really don't want us to close this franchise out <laughs> unless we answer this. Um, you know, so maybe they throw that out there as a bone, like sort of like fan service. And even then, I think that would end up being something more tongue in cheek or or even then still something a little more vague.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what's the worst way they could do it? Is it just solace or is it what's worse? It's Solus, mm. or it's exactly it's exactly the way the chantry says it is. Like, which one of those is worse? Hmm.
1: Hmm. I feel like I almost want to side with Solus being the worst answer because he's done so much already that a lot of people are going to go again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything, Everything leads back to the elves. Like, if it was something like. Maybe Solas had a hand, like, well, let's let's say that the Maker is a human version of the Emanurus. All right, maybe he knew Solas, maybe he worked with the Elves, whatever, but mm-hmm. he's just a human, He he's a human that gains the power of whatever. You know, fine, I wouldn't be upset with it. If it is actually Solas using the exact same storyline, then I'd be like, all right, a little bit cheap, we all saw that coming. Yeah. <laughs> so... It it, it it just, yeah, as you kind of said, it just feels too obvious. Um, I, I think another sort of cheap answer would be if he's a spirit. Because then it's like, I don't want to say no better than the Avar, but I guess that's what I'm kind of thinking. Like he's just some spirit that got enough worshippers and he because there there are other spirits that have a whole bunch of worshippers he just ended up getting the most and then why why did that spirit like did it actually make the humans is it like the chantry what's going on like which on that note if elves are supposed to be like spirits wouldn't a spirit just being when it when the maker just being a spirit essentially be calling it oh it's a part of the elves again like (laughs) right it all just
0: goes back to the elves
1: Yeah, so I I feel like there's so many ways it could go back to the elves, and I really don't want it to. Like, I think it would be best suited if whatever the maker is had a very human specific origin, Hmm. because it's already very human specific. Somewhere the
0: somewhere the dwarven fans are like, really, really human, you say?
1: (laughs) Not (laughs) Sandal.
0: Sandal's not the maker. Is that what you're saying? Sandal is not the maker.
1: Oh, boy. Uh, Sandal is the maker. That one drives me crazy. <laughs> Why? Uh, Why? Because enchantment. Uh, and, uh, here's another uh, fan theory I've heard of a lot before is um, there is the story of Elgernon. Um, I think this one's from Origins, a Codex entry, but he, he essentially usurped his father, the son. So mm-hmm. some speculate that the son is the maker, if that makes Like the the son being like, a, you know. The, the star <laughs> the celestial star not like a sun as yeah a, as a child but so that that's that's one thing which again like i i don't want it to be whatever the son that elgrenon's father was like i don't want that to be the maker because again it goes back to the elves and i don't want it to be sandal because that just makes no goddamn sense <laughs> but,
0: golly yeah um yeah, I'm gonna agree with you that Solus would be the worst, but maybe it would be it would be less satisfying, but um, maybe easier to wrap up. The reason why I think Solus is is worse is for all the reasons that I stated before. But like, if it if it was just the Maker is what the Chantry says he is, that's still vague enough to be interesting, right? Like that still doesn't explain mm-hmm. a lot, like. Okay, it, it, the maker is what the chantry says he is, but what the hell is a maker then, right? Like, you still have the metaphysical aspect of, like, what does that even mean? And Dragon mm-hmm. Age has just never really contended with that. Like, in, um, which is also why I don't think they'll do that, because it's just, it's too, it raises too many questions about metaphysics that Dragon Age has never gone into. They basically explain mm-hmm. things with the elves did it or spirits. That's how they explain things. Mm-hmm. Um, like Elder Scrolls has, has something where, you know, I don't, I don't even want to start trying to get into expl- explaining Elder Scrolls gods, but like Ak- uh, yeah. Ak- Akatosh is time, essentially. Right? So like there's, there's that aspect of it of like, well, what is, what is Akatosh? Like, well, Akatosh kind of is time so much rather than being a being. So akatosh can be represented as a being or as a dragon or whatever but akatosh essentially is time and i know someone's mm-hmm. going to correct me because i'm not saying that correctly because technically akatosh is a lesser version of an even higher level of god that is time but whatever
1: oh, <laughs> I, I, I honestly the only reason so i kind of got into skyrim like when it came out well a couple years after it came out really and when i was trying to learn more about it because i had so many questions i just had to stop when i got to the the divine beings because that that fucks with your head that's all. that's that's complicated it's insane anyway. (laughs) Um, I, I, here, here's a question real quick. If I, uh, maybe one reason I don't think that the series should answer who, what the maker is, is that the series isn't really about uncovering secrets of the past. It's more about like the story of humans and people and how they deal with it. Mm. And I feel like it's a much better story of like people struggling with their faith, kind of like Cassandra rather than. Oh, you're right you know, the maker was whatever. Like yeah. if you if we go to divinity, like the story of divinity is becoming a God and usurping what God there was. Absolutely. Like that, that, so th- it that has a really good place there. And it sounds like Pillars of Eternity has that same sort of thing, where in Dragon Age, where it shines is the story of the little people. And while Solus is such an interesting character, is it, you, you kind of get this sense of he was just an underdog with these very powerful beings and this little guy was able to usurp them essentially so i um, so i guess you could maybe make it where the maker has some sort of story behind that where he was just some dude that became really powerful and created thetis or whatever but i i feel like i don't know it, it it kind of loses what dragon age means to me like it kind of loses the focus of the series but like that maybe that's just me maybe that's just how i see it
0: no i think you nailed it i i honestly i was about to i was about to say we should probably close the episode cuz we're we're kind of starting to spin our wheels we can't really get to the bottom of this i think you just answered it about as well as anyone could have answered it that that's <laughs> not like really cuz like that's not within the spirit of the franchise i don't think that's what the writers intended and i don't think thematically I don't think that's where the meat is for Dragon Age. I don't think that's what we as players get the most out of, even if we would like it to be. So when you compare it to, you mentioned Divinity, um, I don't want to spoil Pillars of Eternity. I would just say if anyone is interested in this topic of sort of like, well, you know, what are the gods in, in the set of... Go play Pillars of Eternity if you haven't. It. it is, it is <laughs> excellent. In particular, like I said, I don't want to spoil the end of pillars one or the beginning of pillars two but just trust me if you like this topic and you think it's interesting in fantasy role-playing games pillars of eternity is amazing um but if you look at divinity if you look at pillars if you look at even elder scrolls there's a whole rationale um within the lore of elder scrolls about how potentially every player character is actually a divine aspect and so it, it, it always relates back to the gods just the same way in pillars it all relates back to the gods the same way in divinity it all relates back to the gods in Dragon Age, it is explicitly not that. In Dragon Age, it all relates back to the individual and how they uh, make choices as they relate to the status quo and the power structures of religion, of politics, and um, race a- and religion. Religion as an institution, religion as sort of a political force, but not metaphysics and like the essence of deity, etc. Like Dragon Age really is about a more Um, humanist not strictly speaking human like elf dwarf whatever but like humanist in the sense of individualist um, like determination as far as far as like you said what the future is going to be so that's I think maybe that's what it is that's why trying to answer this big metaphysical question about who the maker is would be unsatisfying because it's just not at home in the Dragon Age series what's at home in Dragon Age is you an individual can make choices and you can shape the course of a country or a continent, even in the face of kingdoms and armies, and yes, religious organizations, but ultimately, it's about people. Mm-hmm. I think. I think that's. I think that's probably the answer of why we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Uh, why the series shouldn't answer who is the maker. Yep. <laughs> Boom. Done.
1: I. All right, all, all right, we solved it. Stop asking me who the maker
0: is. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, stop asking Katie who the maker is.
1: Oh boy. Uh was well, there anything else on this topic? Uh, cuz it sounds like uh yeah, it's getting get about that hour mark. We I think we've done it the best we could. I
0: think it's yeah, I think it's a tough topic to go into. I think we did about as well yeah. as this one could be expected.
1: Yeah. yeah, we meandered a bit, but we got there in the end. <laughs> it's, it's it's you know, <laughs> it's
0: it's a somewhat meandery uh kind of topic.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we just wrap it up then.
0: Uh where can the folks find you, Katie?
1: Oh hey, I usually ask that. You still in? Front of me. <laughs> That's my one job on the show you usually do the intros a lot better than I do. Okay, you can find me at uh, Gildathon on Twitter or Guildrathon on YouTube. Uh, also, Guildrathon on Reddit. If if the spirit possesses you to send me uh, a PM, a very long PM about why we're extremely wrong, um, I'm really slow with getting back, so I may or may not answer, but uh, <laughs> I will read it. I just don't know if I'll answer. Uh, Jordan, where can they find you?
0: Uh, they can find me at The Exalted March on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Instagram. And uh, now, folks can find us. Well, here, you'll be listening to this if you're not listening just to the audio version. Uh, now, obviously, we have all the video versions up on Codex Added. Um, mm-hmm. we are- Which is
1: also our s- streaming video games channel. We don't just do Bioware <laughs> stuff, I've been streaming The Witcher. Um we're trying to actually set up with uh Jackdaw and Lucas slash Fusslecorn, uh playing Divinity all together, which is gonna be a clusterfuck, but (laughs)
0: that's gonna uh, be fun.
1: (laughs) So yeah, I um which I I also had I keep getting this question sometimes, like, uh can we do something with Android? Um we are on Anchor. Is, i believe that's what it's called right
0: yep we're on anchor which is very easily available and we should be on google play I think. we
1: yeah we we are if uh because we are using anchor it, it actually pushes to a whole bunch of right. different podcasting so we're technically on itunes we're on the google play we're on a lot of places where podcasts are found so go ahead and find us um but but yeah if, if you have uh, and Android and even wanting to listen to the podcast and we've just been saying iTunes it is technically in other places I just mm-hmm. think uh, I, I don't have an Android phone so I think in terms of iTunes I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah and then also Anchor itself has the app that's actually normally what, I, what I've what i been using so mm-hmm. we're available all places podcasts are found yes I think we, uh, I, we're going to say goodbye oh, wait, now is that what's happening? I was going
1: to say goodbye I
0: don't know <laughs> do it do it tell, them, tell the five
1: folks goodbye Alright, goodbye. <laughs> Go <with your> <laughs> <laughs> this is a messy ending, but we got there in the end. <laughs>